Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Good morning and welcome to Exceptional Women. I'm Sue Tab, and today we have a very special guest. She is Jenna Banks, a public speaker, podcast host, and the author of the book, I Love Me More, How to Find Happiness and Success Through Self-Love. Jenna is on a mission to empower women to dig deep, understand your worth, and strengthen your relationship with yourself. And that's where the power is. Good morning, Jenna. Good morning, Sue. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're so excited to have you. And what I love about your book, Jenna, is that it draws from your own personal journey, your own revelation and what you learned from a troubled childhood and from walking away from a relationship that wasn't serving you. Talk a little bit about how those experiences shaped you. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, I'm not a a doctor. I'm not a spiritual guru. I'm just an expert in me and all the things that I had to go through to get to a place where I could put myself first and um, make myself my highest priority, guilt-free, which is the key. Mm -hmm. And it really was, you know, quite a journey to get to this point. I had a lot of hurdles to overcome, a traumatic childhood. Um, I was even suicidal as a teen, almost uh, successfully uh, killed myself, unfortunately, oh, no. at the age of 17. Yeah. and But I ended up surviving all that and um, had to learn how to find my worth and my value. And over time, you know, I, I didn't go to high school for very long, dropped out, got my GED. But, you know, I was able to, through self-love, um, move up the corporate ladder, ended up uh, being an entrepreneur multiple times, sold my last company for half a million dollars. Wow. And, you know, it Yeah, yeah. So it was really, you know, it's through self-love that I got to be able to be at the point where even though I was a single mom and had all this stuff to get over, that choosing myself and putting myself first and making myself and my happiness my highest priority worked definitely to the benefit of not just myself, but everyone around me, including those that I loved, including my son. And, uh, you know, it really is um, important to understand that self-love isn't selfish, like most of us believe that it is. Right. And and you talk about a relationship that you had um, that you left on your own accord uh, Mm -hmm. and a man that you say you actually loved, but you left the relationship anyway. So talk about why you did that, how you had the courage to walk away. um, What sort of um, led you to that to that decision? 
Yeah, so that definitely I had to break my own heart. I talk about that a lot in the book about sometimes choosing yourself and making yourself your highest priority. It entails sometimes hard work, uncomfortable decisions, including sometimes breaking your own heart. And I was so in love with somebody, but he was definitely not able to value me enough and show me what I needed to see, give me what I needed. And I, despite me being in love, I knew it wasn't good for me. It was too toxic. So I had to literally walk away, say, I love me more than I love you, and choose myself and get through the pain. It took a little while, but on the other side, I got my power back. I got me back. And I'm so glad I fought through that to choose myself. And I feel what just struck me, what you said, is sometimes I feel like you have to make yourself go through pain or be a little uncomfortable to then be yeah. comfortable and more powerful on the on the other end. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a big deal because you know what? Um, something that most women don't understand is that guilt keeps us in these programmed, conditioned lanes. And if we start to go outside of those conditioned lanes, i.e. overgiving, self-sacrificing, people-pleasing, and we start to choose ourselves, we feel uncomfortable feelings like guilt. And guilt actually isn't an indicator that you're doing something wrong, like most everyone believes. It actually means you're going against a program, behavior, or condition. So yes, it's going to be really uncomfortable when you start down the path of putting yourself first and choosing yourself, but you have to get through that discomfort. And on the other side, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Can you explain to us the difference between self-love and self-care? I think sometimes people confuse self-love with, you know, oh, self-care means that I, you know, I uh, get my nails done and I I get my checkups and I exercise. But self-love is something much different, right? Mm, Really good question. Thank you for asking. Yes, it is very different. Self-care is so important. I'm a firm advocate in that, and I practice self-care on a very regular basis. But that's a little more superficial, like you said, it's getting your hair done, going to the spa, all of that, which we do need that for sure. Self-love is so much deeper than that. It's putting yourself, you know, choosing yourself in uncomfortable positions. So, for example, um, if somebody's crossing your boundary and you um, don't want to be seen as mean, so you are being the nice girl and you're looking out for their feelings and making sure that they're taken care of, and yet at the same time what you're doing is you're abandoning yourself Mm -hmm. and not honoring yourself and giving validity to your feelings. That takes a lot of deep work to even start to tune into that and then to get brave enough and bold enough to actually honor it in the moment, I'll tell you, it took me years to get to the place where I could actually, in the moment, say, hey, you know what, that, that's making me feel uncomfortable. I, I, I don't agree with that, and I don't appreciate you saying that to me. And when you do that, when you can get to that place and work through that discomfort, it actually feels amazing. Like, it's amazing, but we're just not used to it. So it's the deeper work, really, that I I get really deep into in my book. And you say we're not used to it, and I think as women especially, not that I'm, you know, painting with a broad brush, but, I mean, Honestly, women, many of us tend to nurture others and put others' needs before our own. It's the way we've been socialized. So how do you know if you're an overgiver? Like, what are the signs? Like, what, what should you be looking for in terms of, oh, I need to make a change? 
Yeah, very good question. And you're right. That's why I wrote my book for women, because it is an issue that women deal with much more than men, although there are some men that need to learn how to love themselves. But this was specifically written because of these women's socially conditioned issues that we have to overcome and battle. Um, some of the signs that you're overgiving include, you know, you feel responsible for taking care of everyone else's needs and feelings ahead of your own. So you put yourself last on your list of priorities. That is one big sign that you're overgiving. Another one is that you don't honor and protect your boundaries. Um, you just don't know how to do that. And you kind of squelch it and say, well, I'm going to be nice or whatever. And um, if you if you know you protect your boundaries, then you, you know you're good. But if you were like, hmm, I don't know. Do I? Don't I? There's probably a sign there you that you might don't. be overgiving. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, another one is you don't. Another one is you don't value your time and attention enough. Again, that's a, a more of a female thing. We've been programmed and conditioned to really give, give, give to everyone else and not really putting high enough value on our time and attention. And what this results in is not getting paid as much as we're worth at work, you know, not getting enough out of our relationships, not willing to say goodbye to the ones that aren't serving us so that we can attract something, you know, more aligned to what we're, what, how we feel about how we are worth. And that's really what it comes down to is like finding your self-worth, your self-value, your self-respect. And when you get all of that, then the outside world reflects that back to you. Talk a little bit about, in your book, you have the seven saboteurs of self-love. You know, some of them are like never saying no, self-limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. And one of them that I thought was intriguing was ignoring your intuition, which I think Mm. that one is hard because it's sort of intriguing because a lot of times if you follow your intuition, it might seem crazy to the people around you, but you always have to understand that you don't know what's driving people's decisions, right? Right. Oh, gosh, that was such a big lesson for me. But I learned that really early on in my life. Like I said, I came from a very traumatic history, which I talk about in the book, what I had to overcome to get to where I am today. And trusting my instincts came to me very early in life. I'd say I was in my 20s because I had no family and no guidance around me to support me. So I had to figure things out on my own, and I just wanted to tune into my instinct. And I came to find that, yeah, oftentimes you get a strong voice, a strong feeling, and it makes absolutely no sense. But I'm a, I'm a kind of a scientifically-minded, practical person, and I noticed every time I didn't listen to it, I wished I had. Mm-hmm. So I just flipped that script and started listening to it, even if it didn't make sense. And I'll tell you, there were some times I was like, what am I doing? But I trusted it 100%, and it always, always, always served me well. I, the, last example, the last huge example was um, leaving my corporate job. It was a very comfortable six-figure job because I wasn't feeling right there anymore. It just was a feeling like I wasn't supposed to be there. And I quit, and then next thing you know, I start my company. I sell it for half a million dollars. I move across the country, start my real estate investments. I would have never done any of that had I stuck to this corporate job that was making me miserable. Right. And you probably had the naysayers that were like, what are you doing? Why are you walking away from that job? Are you crazy? And you're like, yeah, I'm as crazy as, you know, this. Watch me. (laughs) Hold my coffee. (laughs) 
if you're just waking up and tuning in, you are listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. And we've been talking with entrepreneur, podcast host, and author Jenna Banks. She is talking about her brand new book, I Love Me More, How to Find Happiness in Love Through Self-Love. It's a book about strengthening your relationship with yourself and finding your power. Jenna, I want to talk to you a little bit about... um, I love the sort of analogy in your book that you talk about ways you sort of fill yourself up in ways you are drained and you call it actually your power container, which really sort of visualizes it for everybody. Talk about that for a little bit. So glad you asked me this. Yes, it's such a powerful concept that I conceived, you know, a long time ago and it served me so well. And now I talk about it in the book and I talk about it in my talks. Um, it's basically imagine that you have this imaginary power container that rests in your soul, like somewhere between your lower stomach and the top of your chest area. Mm-hmm. When it is filled up, and we, the ways we fill it up is through self-love, a self-love, conscious self-love practice. When it's full, we know what it feels like. We are on top of the world. You're blasting your favorite music in the car, and you're doing that little car dance, right? Yeah. You go out in public, and you go to the grocery store, and you see somebody, uh, random strangers are like, oh, hi, you're beautiful. Like, they just want to start talking to you and get to know you, and you know when you're radiant, and you get that way by cho- you know making your happiness your priority, making yourself your priority, loving yourself. You fill that power container up. The ways that we get drained are, um, well, and what that feels like when we're drained is that we feel low on energy, we um, are spent, right? We know what that feels like when we're just spent and we, we don't have anything left to give to anyone else. You just flop on the couch when you get home and you're just done. And you just, you're just, you're not motivated to do anything. You're pessimistic about your future. Well, that happens when we drain ourselves, when, that, when we're not practicing self-love and self-care, and when we're letting all these things drain our power, like letting people cross our boundaries, mm-hmm. saying yes to all these things instead of saying no when we really want to just say no. Um, all different types of things drain us, and I get into the drains and the ways that we power up in the book, but it all comes down to self-love. Um, you know, I always say your love is your power. And if you kind of let that sink in and, and, you know, like love is power, right? You're giving your love to the things, your family, your work, um, all these things outside of yourself. But what about giving your love back to yourself? Because that's what powers you up. Yeah, I love that love is power because love is it's coming. You're powerful because love makes you strong. You're coming from a place of strength, I think. And I think yeah. a lot of us just forget to, to tune into ourselves and the connection. Like, talk a little bit about what some what people can do. What are some of the things people can do to deepen the connection with themselves? Because I think sometimes we're on autopilot and we're just sort of yeah. going through our day and we say, oh, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. But being busy, having a busy life is different than having a full life. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. One of the big ways I tune into myself is very unexpected for me. It's journaling. I'm so lucky that I found journaling because I, I started do, doing it because um, I was writing the book and I was finding ways to get creative with my writing. I'd never written anything like that before. And so I started the practice of journaling and I came to find that it was a really great way to connect with myself on a regular, everyday basis. So I made it a morning routine and I would just journal about anything. You know, uh, the beauty of journaling is it's for you. You don't have to edit yourself. You just write. And, you know, I'd write about whatever I was 
you know, thinking about from the day before or what I was contemplating for the future. And, and I do this every single day. And it's just such a great way to just stop, tune into yourself, connect with yourself. You can oftentimes work through issues that way. Um, but if you make it a morning routine, it is really a commitment to yourself that, hey, I need to spend time connecting with me. And, you know, there might be other ways someone might connect with better, like taking a walk out in nature or a hike or just meditating. But it is important to spend time daily, if you can, just tuning into your spirit, your soul. And it doesn't take long. You know, you probably spend, you know, 10 or 15 minutes journaling. You can spend 15 minutes walking around the neighborhood to clear your head. I think that we put it off, but it really is such a good investment of our time. Honestly, it's the most important relationship in our lives. If you really think of it about it, you are stuck with yourself for the rest of your life. True. This is your most important relationship, right? It's true. And I and, you know, the whole concept of knowing your worth is a big one for me. I talk about this. I have two young adult daughters, both in their early 20s. And the one thing I tell them all the time, they're so sick of hearing this, but I really want to have this like imprinted in their brain is I say, know your worth and only spend time with people that recognize that worth. And I tell them that all the time. But it's hard and, and you have to walk away from a relationship and it's not just a male-female relationship. Sometimes it's a friendship. Right. Sometimes it's a parent. But it's yeah. really difficult because you have to A, recognize that it's not serving you anymore and B, then have the courage to like walk away and rid yourself of that. Well, I guess we call that a drain, right? Right. You know, I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I also cover this in the book. Some of the other types of relationships I've had to walk away from yeah. that included not just like an old high school best friend that wasn't really a best friend anymore, but a toxic relationship mm-hmm. that wasn't serving me, but also my parents both separately. Wow. And I'll tell you the way, you know, the way, you know, Sue, when it's a healthy a time to walk away is when you feel great afterwards. Yeah. And that's about tuning into your power container, right? How do I feel? And let's be honest. Let's not think about social obligations, what I should do or shouldn't do, what's expected of me. It's how do I feel? Am I feeling drained or am I now feeling powered up by making this decision to close the door on these relationships? That's your, that's your answer. Do you think you have to go through hardships to get there? Like what would you want to tell your younger self? Do you think you could have bypassed this route at all? Or do you think a lot of people just have to take the hard part of the journey? I mean, it's going to be hard no matter what, right? Because eliminating the toxic relationships are hard, but what's harder is staying in them. And what I'm trying to help those that need the help not staying in them or all these other areas that I've gone through, you know, because some people can stay stuck for a lifetime, right? And then they start to medicate with, you know, alcohol and all these other things, and then they die miserable. We don't, we can avoid all of that. Yes, you're going to have to go through some of the hard work and you're going to have to go through some of the stuff I went through, but you, you got to get, you got to do it. You've got to make the, the choice to battle through those hard things and choose you. And then you come out the other side. So powerful. I call it powerful. F-U-L-L. Oh, as that's in good. Full. Yeah. I like that. Power, right? Yes. So, um, Talk a little bit about what you want the takeaway from this book to be. Well, first of all, why did you write the book? I mean, you had gone through this journey. You would come out really great on the other side. You have a very happy, full life. You're successful. Why did you then decide you needed to share this with other people? You know, I 
ended up sharing one of my stories, that breakup story that I go into detail with in the book, with a friend of mine who's my age. And I said, she said, why did you break up? And I said, well, because I love me more. And she couldn't understand what that meant to. And I was like, what do you mean you don't understand? Like, it, it, it makes so much sense to me. And so I tried to explain it to her, and, and, and she still didn't get it. And I didn't know this but uh, at the time, but she went home and thought about it for weeks. And one day she called me, and she's like, oh, my gosh, Jenna, I get it. She's like, I've been in this relationship that was just, you know, causing me a lot of agony and grief, and I didn't feel valued. And one day it clicked. She's like, oh, I'm not valuing myself by allowing this in my life. Mm -hmm. She's like, I love me more than this. And she made the powerful decision to cut it off and never look back. And after that, a year later, she attracted an, an amazing man that treats her as valuable as she feels about herself. That right there, she went on to tell her friends about it. And I thought, my goodness, you know, there's, there's, there's this message is important. And I feel like that's what I want to do. I want to get this message out there and share it so I can help as many women as I can. Yeah. What kind of feedback are you getting from the message? Uh, it's powerful. At first, you know, it's scary, right? You write a book, you're like, right. I don't know, is anyone going to care? <laughs> yeah, it's right. a big deal to like do this. But um, the feedback has been phenomenal. You know, um, I, I people are like, I need to buy this for my friends, my sisters. You know, I, I think, honestly, I think every woman needs to buy this book for themselves and someone they know if they um, if they aren't in a place there they could say I love myself I'm in love with myself and I choose myself and I put myself first and I make my happiness my priority so anyone who's not there who has read the book there are so many light bulb moments that go off from for them and it's been really it's been really cool to get that validation although I talk about not seeking external validation but I have to but, say it's kind of oh god kind of yeah nice to it's get that. T- totally <laughs> I mean just to yeah um but talk about how people can get your book if um they're tuning in and they're like I need to read this book I'm going to say the name of it again I love me more how to find happiness and success through self-love tell people how they can get the book and then how they can connect with you yeah, definitely. Well, you could actually do that all through my website, which is jenna-banks.com, where I include links to everything. Um, you can order it on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, um, Target, pretty much all over the place online. It's also in bookstores. It's, a, it's in airport bookstores as well. So if you happen to be traveling, go check out your local airport bookstore. Um, but my website, jenna-banks.com, does have links, including my social. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm super active on there. I'm on LinkedIn. TikTok, Facebook, all of that. And it's a great way to just kind of get those daily reminders. Even if you do pick up the book, if you connect with me there, I'll keep reminding you uh, with little tips to take throughout your day. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Believe it or not, we're already out of time. Thank you, Jenna Banks, for sharing so much of your personal experience and for all your work to inspire others to harness their power by practicing self-love. We wish you so much success in the future and in all that you do. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you to Jenna Banks for being in the spotlight today on Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. As this episode did feature some conversation around suicide, we do want to say that if you or someone you know is struggling with mental health issues, there are a number of resources. The Suicide Prevention Hotline is free. It's confidential. The number is 800-273-8255. 
I want to thank my co-host and producer, Kendra Petroni. Connect with us on Instagram at sue.tab and at Kendra the Entertainer. We'd love to hear from you. And be sure to join us every Sunday morning for another edition of Exceptional Women. Have a great day, everyone. chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.